0: Today's show is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. All sports, all June, all on sale. NHL, NBA, MLB, NFL, NCAA, 30% off all sports brands at CuffLinks.com. Go to CuffLinks.com slash DVR and use code SPORTS30 and save today. We recently had the, what, NHL and NBA ended. Major League Baseball is still going on. The NFL is Mini camps just happened. It's going to be preseason soon. We're going to be talking NFL again on Daily DVR. We might talk NFL once a week here. I'm thinking about doing a weekly NFL show, and you can get all that awesome NFL stuff at Cufflinks.com. Whether it's ties, belts, tie clips, anything you want, socks, they got it all. Go to Cufflinks.com/slash/DVR today. Welcome back. The Daily DVR Does Big Little Lies Season 2. My name is Axel, my co-host is Jenny, and you can find out more about us at DVRPodcast.com. Today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 2 of Big Little Lies, entitled The Telltale Heart. Directed once again by Andrea Arnold and written by David E. Kelly. If you're new to us, you can check us out at DVR Podcast and consider becoming a patron at Patreon.com. Slash D V R. Now I did want to mention that um DJ Tim Hines has offered up a Blu-ray complete uh season one of Big Little Lies if you give us an iTunes review. Wasn't that nice of him? He's such a great guy. So give us an iTunes review and I wanna thank Chai SQ. It kind of looks like Chai Square for a very nice review. And we got a bunch of other reviews from Yup. Okay. AJ Theo. That's Andy Sundial. That's John. Thank you. And DJ T Hizzy. That's DJ Tim Hines. So if you get a chance, give us a review and send your feedback to DVR podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget in two weeks, Ken and I are starting to cover Veronica Mars. So subscribe daily DVR. And also by the way, hi, Jenny.
1: Hey, Axel. How are you?
0: <laughs> I surprised you on that one, didn't I? <laughs>
1: Hey, I was ready.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're ready. Happy to go.
1: Tuesday. Almost Wednesday. I guess this will be dropping on Wednesday, so happy hump day.
0: Yes, Happy hump day. It, uh, yeah, we're gonna drop this on the old Wednesday. Um, but the episode premiered on Sunday. And what an episode. I mean, this first episode kind of lulled us in. We're back. Why is there a season two? How do we recover from it? Where are our characters? And then we
1: found the mystery.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Now we are like, bam, bam. There's bombshells dropping everywhere, FBI raids, kids finding out about parents, crazy stuff happening, all the stuff we were talking about last week. What did you think of this episode generally?
1: I I thought it was crazy. I I think I texted you something along the lines of everybody's going to hell in a handbasket. And it's just like, (laughs) I didn't even know what to think when I finished watching it the first time.
0: I was really excited. I'm I'm really happy that they kind of went this way this early. Uh, It makes me excited for the rest of the season. And I think it just shows once again a um, confidence in storytelling and they've got great characters and great actors and they're just letting them go at it and, and they're just going off. And my Meryl Streep is just, she's insane. She's amazing.
1: I mean, it was going 90 miles an hour, the whole episode.
0: Yeah, Definitely.
1: (laughs) It was just like full on speed from beginning to end. It was crazy.
0: Now the name of this episode is the telltale heart. And uh, you had a little bit in your notes here about it.
1: Well, that's because I was rereading my notes, prepping, before it was time for us to start recording. And I I noticed that uh, a big theme in this episode is that everything seemed to be about somebody, somebody lying to somebody else and the consequences that they faced as a result of their lies. And then I... When I looked back at the title of the episode, I remembered having read The Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe when I was in high school long, long time ago. And please excuse me, any literary people who know a whole lot more than I do about this, but my simple summation of The Telltale Heart is that as I was trying to remember, I went back and looked at a uh, synopsis because I was thinking it was a different Poe story. And, and I remembered then that the narrator of the story murders a man, cuts up his body, hides the pieces under the floorboards, and he's trying to convince the people reading this story as the narrator that he's sane, but all the while, he can't stop hearing the beating of the the telltale heart. And it obviously causes some insanity etc and it just I thought this was a great name for the episode because as we continue to see these women examine their sanity possibly losing their sanity as a result of the lies that they continue to tell themselves and everyone around them it's just getting crazier and crazier and you got to look at all the different things like I mean we saw Bonnie in the last episode where she was clearly having issue and then this time you know Nathan brings her mom in and Mm -hmm. it seems to make things spin a little bit more and you hear a little more about mary louise's background and you see the bits with perry and he talks about his brother which i initially when mary louise talked about losing raymond yeah. i was like well, who's raymond i and thought it was the it dad just too. was crazy you, you had the notes so, that you thought i thought it that, that it was a very astute name
0: yeah that, that yeah everything you're absolutely right and the lie the tale the telltale heart the lie isn't only the lie of what happened to perry in his death but the lie is what happened to Perry in his life and who he was, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that lie is exposed, not only to the kids. The kids find out, right, about the truth. We now we know that, but yes. also we get this amazing conversation, which was just what I mean. This was directed and acted so subtly and so with such care the conversation um between Mary Louise um and Celeste where Celeste is just like you know he beat me he they're go and she's just like well right. I she don't-.
1: breaks it down yeah. for her. And she's like, and- I don't
0: believe you. I just Mary don't Lu- you.
1: <laughs> Mary Louise is having yeah. none of it. And none that's of the it.
0: lie too, right? Like she lives is that is that the same kind of lie? Is that her her telltale heart is that she knows what her, hus- her uh, son was, right? She knows what she created in her heart. Mm-hmm. Just as they know in it, their heart what they did and the lie they told. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, I think it's really, it was brilliant. It was able to be both crazy and dramatic, but also have... Uh, excellent themes and resonance.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
0: I was down. And finally, something happened with uh, Gordon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> we wondered about that last year.
0: Yeah, week. we got it. All right. So let's start off. Um, we start off with this car crash. Celeste is driving and she's having these visions of like she's having sex with some dude with back tattoos. Did you did notice you that?
1: More than I did on that. I just assumed it was Perry. Yeah. So. That's,
0: see, that's look what, at you. I thought at first I thought it was Perry, but then I looked again and it looks like the guy has a lot of back tattoos and has like darker kind of spikyish hair. I think it was a different person. So I think that, that we might discover that this kind of, Her sexuality and what happened, what the way that she got, that her and Perry or Perry had kind of created this kind of game that they played with the violence, right, which was his Mm -hmm. abuse game. Maybe she was out doing something outside of the marriage. Maybe she had something healthier or something at a different point in her life. I would guess or, it
1: was before yeah, she was with Perry. You know,
0: but um, so she's using these, uh, using Ambien, right? And then she right. started. Dry- does this really happen in real life? It
1: does actually happen in real life.
0: I don't take. It's like uh, one of the side.
1: I don't take uh, sleep aids, and I never have. But I have. Uh, known people who have had some strange yeah. experiences on medications similar to Ambien but that's like one of the things like on the commercials they used to have for it they are like <laughs> I can only imagine the the side effects are so much worse than than what the drug is actually treating you for sometimes oh it seems God. like but yes people actually will they'll be eating in their sleep and not remember it they drive See, I they never
0: know whether have that's sex real. with
1: people in their oh sleep God. I mean it's literally like they don't have any memory of it and as you saw she had her eyes open
0: yeah that's weird okay i, it, I never it, know it, it's legit
1: man there. it is legit
0: all right so now i know this now i know that people.
1: it's crazy <laughs> <laughs>
0: that. uh but the whole you know the cops are there all that which is something i think we should pay attention to anytime they are in contact with law enforcement and that was kind of glossed over you know like they just kind of believe her Right. And then mm-hmm. she's all of a sudden in the car and she's and Madeline is driving her home. Um, so it's it didn't become a big thing in the rest of the episode. There weren't charges that blah blah blah. So, you know, nothing happened in that vein. But
1: Well remember they pass Bonnie on the road and they stop and for whatever reason Madeline asks well, Bonnie if she needs a ride and Bonnie's like I'm hiking why would I want to ride and then she asked her if she's on drugs. <laughs> yeah that's like, right. that was so what funny. in the world Madeline
0: she she had so many great lines this episode she's so
1: extra I love God, her she's love super it. extra I
0: love I love all of these women um all right so we get past that but I do want to keep that in mind for the future that she had it, there was police involved here and we because right, right. I always think this the cop is watching. She's watching. Um, so then we go to Renorta, Renata and Gordon and we find Just out. Just
1: call It's all Renorta.
0: good. I like that. Let's do it. <laughs> Renorta, um, she tells him that, of course, she's the cover. And that's, I think I was right about that last episode where she had them come to the house and basically shoot a cover. This is, having been in the magazine industry, I can tell you this happens all the time. Where people will basically, they know that they're vying for a cover or something. So they, and it's not just big celebrity, it's business world. They'll make their own shoot. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll like hijack it or do their right, own Right, and the shoot. home
1: is so beautiful. Yes, I mean, so, I could see.
0: That's why she's the cover because she made her, I think it's important to see that for her right. character that she and made her power that happen.
1: outfit and everything. Yeah. It was really good. I'm sure it's going to turn out beautifully, but <laughs> now it's probably going to be on the cover of the tabloids because of her TMZ, husband.
0: Right. Um, but then we see that the FBI takes Gordon away and now we know why he was sitting there watching trains fly or uh, go around a track with a baseball bat getting drunk in the middle of the day. Right. Because he knew this was gonna happen. And um I mean I think we can cover this now and just kinda talk about all of those scenes. Let let's kind of cover that now because this is kind of separate. Renata's not really she doesn't have, I don't think, any interplay with the rest of the women this episode too much, does not she? Not a whole
1: lot. I mean she talks to I think she talks to Madeline at least once, because she talks to Madeline about her past right. and how she grew that's up right. poor. Yep. Uh, but but that's she went to visit to Gordon in the jail in the scene they had before that. And um, obviously his uh, short sale of the stocks, so it was an SEC violation. And since he used their home as collateral uh, and it's a community property state, her money's in jeopardy and he's like he's thinking that she's worried more about amabella which i'm sure she is too but apparently she grew up very poor and so she's obviously very upset
0: yeah and i thought that that was that for me was a really interesting point And what I got out of this whole thing is now we know why Gordon's a creeper, right? Like what was kind of going on, right? Because they kind of – even last season, the way he played the character was kind of skeeve, you know? Yeah. So now – I mean
1: like the first – I would say the first two-thirds of the season, he seemed just harmless. But after that, yes, definitely. Yeah.
0: yeah. You're right. But – Harmless. I don't. Maybe it's just the actor. I don't know. He just. (laughs) He always plays that kind of guy. You know. He's always like the corporate guy, or you know, right? Um, Or like he's. I see. You see him in films. He's like like the like the the assistant to the politician or something. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's played like two or three times, but um, we kind of know what's up with that now, and most of what happens with Renata in this episode. Is finding out about who she is and that she grew up poor and that she fought for everything and that this life is not what she grew up with, you know, and I think that that's important because part of this show and this was this is really this episode for me in what happens with Renata and and how she explains her life I'm not going to be poor again. And also the way that Bonnie's mom talks to her about like, you're the only black person here. Mm -hmm. They haven't mentioned that a lot yet. And that was a big critical, like as a meta thing of people looking at this show outside and watching it. A lot of people were like, oh, I don't want to watch a show about a bunch of rich white women in Monterey or, you know, this show was kind of written off in that sense. So I think it's important. That in this episode, they kind of talked about the money thing and and the uh, ethnicity thing of that event and how white this show really is, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I thought that that was just an interesting point to me, that they're kind of delving into that. I don't know how deep they got. They at least mentioned it. But I like that.
1: Well, they've mentioned that Renata grew up poor. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't really, I mean, she just says that she's not going to relive her, her childhood and she's convinced that it, she said Gwendolyn, but it's like one of the, one of the side characters that were in the police interviews last season is Gwendolyn. I'm not sure which one, but she's sure that she must've tipped the FBI off and it's just, it's sad.
0: Yeah. It's sad
1: to see her spiraling like that because she is such a like power person. And it's like, I don't necessarily like her, but I don't dislike her either.
0: Yes. And it's it's interesting too because you hear that, right? Like of people who are like the nouveau rich or whatever, like I'm not going back to where I
1: right, grew up, where I started you know?
0: where I started. And like it's that fire that gets them to have that gaudy house on the beach, you know. That like they were so low um, that they've used that fire within them. And it's just, it's interesting because here you have Renata in contact with law enforcement, the FBI, right? And like you said, she says, what is the detective's name? I should be using her name. I, I'm like, gonna I think have you to had look it up, in the Axel, notes. Because
1: I honestly don't Gwendo- know the detective's oh, name either.
0: I think it's Gwendolyn.
1: Gwendolyn, I thought, was one of the characters from the school. See, I think... Keep talking. I'll look it up. Okay,
0: yeah. Look it up. Because uh, in the scene when Gordon is taken away, she looks over and there's an obvious shot where the ca- where it, it, she is off camera and you just see a car. And then you see that car later riding up behind Bonnie when she's having the conversation With her daughter about whether she's going to divorce her the dad when a little bit later in the episode, so
1: when uh, Sky asks Bonnie if she's going to divorce, and remember she
0: pulls over, she kind of pulls into a different lane or pulls over, and the car kind of goes around her. And I think that happens after the conversation with her kid. And um, I thought that that was the cop that that's who they're making reference to cuz just like in the first episode where we were making reference nope. to co-
1: her name okay. is detective Adrian Quinlan
0: Quinlan okay so maybe you think you may have heard that wrong
1: I, she, it may have been Quinlan. Instead it's of Gwendolyn? Q-U-I-N-L-A-N. Okay. I thought one of the women's names, but I know one of them was Harper. I could be completely wrong. I think there is oh, a look, Gwendolyn. Oh, look, here's the therapist's name. Her name's uh. Dr. Amanda Reisman.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Dr. Amanda Reisman. Now we <laughs> she's, know.
1: She's just the therapist.
0: <laughs> there we go. Well, it's good for us to know. We are doing a podcast So about it, it could
1: have been Quinlan. You are correct. And okay. it probably was. I was sure she said Gwendolyn, but she probably said Quinlan. A couple of times I was like... I need to turn the
0: captions on. I can't tell what they're saying. You should. Oh, I always like watching it again with the captions on. Um, But I forgot to do it too. Uh, I did that for Game of Thrones though, because you got all the names they throw out, you know? Um, (laughs) And it's also good because you kind of learn to spell too. Like it, it makes it, You know, you see, especially in Game of Thrones, because they're family names, you you kind of, it can actually tip you off, you know, about. Mm -hmm. but anyway, we're talking big little eyes. But, um, (laughs) I think that that's interesting, right? So the FBI, the cops in the beginning with the car wreck, now we, we have that, the Bonnie. So let's, let's pay attention to that. Okay. Um. All right, so back to
1: where before yeah. Gordon and Renata.
0: Where are we going at? Because I jumped down and let me jump back in. We're on. Oh, Mary. Oh, this is a. Yes. This was fantastic. Um, when Mary Louise, we have a little Mary Louise and Celeste convo, and then uh, um, uh, what call? Madeline walks up on them.
1: Well, it's when Madeline was dropping her off? from okay. picking her up oh, after her accident. Good point. Yes. Yeah, and, and Mad- or Celeste just walks back in the house and basically blows her off. And, and Mary Louise is like, well, what, what was the emergency? And Mad- <laughs> Madeline, the gun short people have.
0: <laughs> that was great. That's like two in a row. <laughs> man oh this yeah. show is so awesome but the little story she tells about making friends with the bully seek out the bully and make friends with them Yes. Um, actually what what my dad told me was you seek out the bully and you beat the crap out of them. this is like the old that jail seems cell to be something
1: I remember yeah. I, I don't remember having been told probably because I'm a girl but maybe one of my brothers was told that sounds yeah. like a familiar story to me though but,
0: but that's an interesting that she says make friend like she's kind she's trying to this whole game that she, that Mary Louise is playing with Madeline, right, it's escalating. And now, by
1: Agreed. the end of this
0: episode, we see that Mary Louise is definitely an enemy of these women. Definitely.
1: Oh, well, we knew that.
0: Yeah. Well, we knew it, but now... She oh, yeah. She's voices, made it very clear yeah, and so we see like how this is rising tension, so it's gonna be fun to see that that's really where our two where like it's gonna butt heads, and they're really gonna go at it, and it's so great when she says, "fucking weirdo, and she says, and then she turns back <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> say like what she's like so aggressive, she's like, What <laughs> right?
1: no, no, Mary Louise turns around and yeah. says, "What, and then Madeline, right. Said, what? Yeah. I like think you just said it. Aggressive. Yes. Yes. That Very was aggressive. that was a whole entertaining little bit.
0: I love it. I love it. And then we have mm-hmm. a little bit more with Jane and the guy for the aquarium just having a kind of little...
1: I didn't know what happened to Tom from the cafe from last yeah. season. And why they don't go to that cafe anymore? Do you think it was just because they couldn't get that location um, this
0: time? I'm betting that it may have been either a location thing, an actor thing, or them just wanting to change it up a little bit, right, I mean, like, not that
1: that kid's bad or anything, yeah. it's just he's a little bit of a weirdo, and I liked Tom from the cafe from too. last time,
0: <laughs> I did too, but I don't know how into him Jane was, you know right,
1: because she thought he was gay,
0: yeah, and it also would have been interesting, though, because he had the whole thing with Gordon, and he worked at the mm-hmm. he worked at the shop so he could get gossip. So, let's do some research on that. Let's try to mm-hmm. find out what happened with that. Um oh, I do want to uh say before I forget just a shout out um on the on our Facebook page, you can become a member at uh Facebook DVR podcast on the Facebook. We had a new member who had read the book.
1: Oh yeah, that was interesting. I think yeah. her name was Priscilla.
0: Yes. Thank yes. you, and she gave some great comments. So join us, and she was talking a little bit about how in the book they do go forward a year, and there's a little bit of this stuff. So I'm interested. And I am in a, a book reader, more. so
1: I probably yeah. should read this book, but I figure at this point I should at least wait till the end of this season and continue as unspoiled as I am.
0: Yeah, and you know, and you'll get, and we'll end up getting confused. I couldn't do that's why I got it one day I'll read the Game of Thrones books one day Um, I've read
1: them and I don't get confused (laughs) but I have to straighten people out at work all the time and it's funny when I told them I was doing this podcast they're like oh you should do a Game of Thrones podcast because they all think I'm knowledgeable I'm like you have no clue I was like, I listen to so many Game of Thrones podcasts and I'm like ignorant in the Game <laughs> no, of Thrones sphere. Awesome. <laughs> now, maybe awesome. not ignorant, but like, you know, compared to like History of Westeros and oh, some know. of those others. I like, I mean, you guys do, we here at DVR Podcasts put out great Game of Thrones <laughs> content as well, but like History of Westeros they've been doing it for a long time and they're like yes, so far down in that whole, I'm like, I, I feel world. completely uneducated. So know, I'll just stay uneducated about big little lies till the end of this season. If we have another season, maybe I won't be unspoiled anymore, but there's only the one book that I know of. So
0: I would like, I think maybe after the season, it would be, I'd be I'd, I'd try to do a little summer reading with the kids. So maybe that'll be a, a one of my summer reading books where we kind of sit and read together. Uh, but speaking of reading, uh, this guy is kind of a uh, nerdy guy. Maybe not nerdy, but what does what she describe him as maybe she being- She wondered
1: if maybe he had Asperger's. Right,
0: right. He's in this in the spectrum. Uh, she mm-hmm. first says nerdy and then later says that, which I thought was interesting because I was kind of thinking the same thing and I was wondering well, it, if was going to say He asked say her it.
1: that last episode if she was on the spectrum when she was out there dancing on the beach, remember?
0: Oh, that's right. Oh, hey, that's really interesting. Great point. So he had, and and it may, and it calls um, also to mind the way that he was so kind of socially awkward by just saying, oh, you're one of the Monterey five, right? Like he was just, he just kind of said it. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: I like this guy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I hope he becomes a bigger part of the show.
1: We shall see what comes.
0: We shall see. I like them, but we don't see much more of them after that. Um, So then we had the Bonnie driving Sky scene. We kind of talked about that. Um, And now this was an important scene after, which is Celeste at her therapist. So I've already forgotten her name.
1: (laughs) At Dr. Amanda.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the doctor. um, This was a great scene. What did you think of it?
1: Well, I mean, I remember that she wanted uh, Celeste, I started to say Madeline, she wanted Celeste to bring to mind a specific memory of when Perry was abusing her. And you see Celeste flashing back to those memories. And then the therapist tells her to put one of her friends in that scene. And then she tells her specifically to put Madeline in that scene. And then you start seeing the scene in in uh Celeste Minds Eye with Madeline in her place and she just, she, she can't take it, but for a second and she just lashes out very quickly and she just screams, no. And it's, uh, yeah.
0: It was really powerful. It was. And I thought that um, it's interesting because later on when the children get involved and still Jane, why isn't Jane seeing a therapist yet? I just feel like they have this the one character seeing a therapist when they all need to be in therapy and they all need to be being not telling these big little lies. Right. And being more honest with themselves and kind of tucked into this episode, you have a really powerful scene here. And for me as a viewer, when she says, imagine a friend there. And I think, does she say Madeline's name first?
1: No, she says, imagine a friend, and then she says Madeline.
0: Okay. Um, and then when you see, actually, Reese Witherspoon in with, um, uh, what's his name?
1: Alexander Skarsgard. Alexander
0: Skarsgård, right? I know you didn't forget his name. Um, <laughs> in that scene, it's so shocking, right? Because the character that we know, and then so it just works so well. Cause I was wondering as a director, I'm thinking to myself, would you actually shoot it with her or just have her close her eyes and let the audience also like touch that part of themselves that knows this character of Madeline? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they actually show the actress. And I thought that was such a powerful decision.
1: I think it made it a little more visceral.
0: Yeah. Re- it really worked. And also just the way that you were expect, like I, um, Celeste made Madeline act the way she acted.
1: Right. right. She put, she literally put her in the position that she was, she replaced her in that scene. Yeah. It wasn't Madeline as Madeline. Yes. It was Madeline as Celeste.
0: Exactly. And that is, that was so important because she wasn't fighting as much as you thought she was. She w- you know what I mean? She was at, And it. And that's, I think what made her say no. Right. Right, like, and
1: while Celeste yeah. did fight back when her and Perry fought, she didn't always yeah. i mean there were plenty True. of scenes that we saw where she she didn't fight back. There were scenes where that we saw that she did fight back, but i mean it it was it was it was uh,
0: yeah it was, it was, was hard, hard to
1: watch Definitely. and and not that it wasn't hard to watch those things happen to nicole Kidman uh as celeste um but like we've seen it so many times now that you kind of. Not got used to it, but it was, you were more used to it. And then to see it again with another person in there, it hits you all over again, just like the first time you saw it happening to Celeste.
0: Yep. Take a little break here to talk again about Cufflinks.com slash DVR. You can use code DVR20 at any time at Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR. When you go to that slash DVR, it tells Cufflinks.com that we sent you. So go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR. Use code DVR20 today and save on all their amazing products. You've heard me talk about them. It's not just Cufflinks. It's belts. It's ties. It's handkerchiefs. It's bags. Socks. So much great stuff. So head over to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Okay, so now we get to a scene where Jane and Bonnie are doing uh, yoga, talk a little bit about the date, and then this is where we get the introduction of Bonnie's mom, who I love. I think she's awesome. What did you think of Bonnie's mom?
1: She's uh, overbearing. <laughs> Ah. I was trying to think of a nice way to say that. She
0: brings such an interesting vibe to this show. Yeah. Just so. She
1: brought a whole lot of questions for me too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I
1: think we'll probably get to that as we continue on. But Bonnie is very upset with Nathan for calling her, but he's kind of, he's, I mean, she she says, well, you should have talked to me. And he's like, dude, I tried.
0: Yeah, totally. (laughs) And he, and, and you know what? Um, even though the way that Bonnie's mom later describes Nathan as kind of like a, like a doofus and like he just doesn't know much or have an interest, and I think it's true, you know, I mean, I think like I mean, you know, like if I met the guy, you probably think he's a nice guy, but then he's you see shallow. through this show, yeah, he's a very shallow. He doesn't
1: guy. have a lot of depth. Yes,
0: and you could see also the only times he's ever had depth is when he's like reciting verbatim something Bonnie told him about relationships or something, you know. Um, like he's trying to get in touch with her, uh, but um, I do kind of say that he was. I mean, what else could he do? Like, she's right? He not, was
1: trying, and, yeah. and you have to give him credit for that.
0: Yeah, and if and nothing else. And and every scene when he's saying, uh, "You know, I'm trying. I'm trying." We know the lie, right? And we see the way Bonnie's reacting to him in that beautiful back well, god man every one of these houses is so awesome isn't it they are the <laughs> backyard is so cool um but uh just like they could sh- they could just pick any spot in any of these houses and they're like what a great scene um but you can see the frustration in her of that she's in agony
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um she feels that telltale heart she hears it right she wants to tell him And I want to ask you, Jenny, why doesn't she just tell him?
1: Because he's the person that he is and she can't trust that he wouldn't tell other people and blame Madeline and cause more problems because of his relationship with Madeline. And it's Madeline's quote unquote fault that she's in the place that she's in. And I, I just think that she probably believes it would cause more problems than it would solve. But I mean, I think that we may be getting to a point where she winds up telling him because she just can't take it anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I think you answered it. I knew I asked the right person. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> well, I, was, I mean, I he has just... a
1: very complicated yeah, relationship with true. Madeline. It's he true. really does. Yeah. Especially for being, cause he really does seem very surfacey and everything, but he sees that he failed in his relationship with Madeline and he doesn't want to fail again. He wants to do better this time. He just isn't a very deep person. So it's hard for him to like dig down into the depths of himself and figure out how to do. He just is like, ah, what do I do? And he's in
0: And like Bonnie's mom rightfully says she's correct. He's incapable of helping her. He doesn't have the tools. He doesn't have, he just doesn't have it, you know? Right. He's not, he doesn't have that well to go to. Um, but yeah, just, man, I have to say, I had not been a huge fan of what's her, is her name Zoe Kravitz?
1: Yes, it's Zoe Kravitz. Um,
0: I I had not been a huge fan of hers. I'd seen her in a couple, like she popped up, I guess, in some hunger game stuff. And there was some show that I saw her in, but I have to say, wow, she's really this season. They didn't give her much to do last season, but I have to say, she's very much impressing me. I uh, think
1: she's doing great as yeah. Bonnie, and she really she she got the the awesome looks from both of her parents oh my too. God, I know she's
0: like gorgeous.
1: she she looks like her mother, and she looks like her father. It's like. Yeah. And she's just gorgeous as a result because they're both gorgeous. And people. then her
0: mom, and, and then her mom, now her mom's married to Jason Momoa, right? So oh, I like know. it doesn't stop. <laughs>
1: she it's, has it's, The gorgeousness oh, goes wow. on. I'm, I'm jealous of Lisa Bonet's <laughs> life. <laughs> they, just
0: need, they just need to hang out with Scarsguard. Everything will be okay. Yeah. Um, so we get to, uh, we talked already about Renata and that. So let's yes. sk- jump over that. And um, a new oh, but let's mention. You had this in your awesome notes, which, by the way, I've put the notes on the website. If you go to DVRpodcast.com, you can find all of Jenny's awesome notes. You can just search Big Little Lies or they're on the front page there. And um, you remind us that she said that the FBI took her i iP- her work computer and her iPad. So, so that is kind of scary there. And Madeline is like alarmed a bit, you know, what kind of stuff did they write to each other? We don't know.
1: Hopefully nothing. As we discussed last week, hopefully it was all in the car.
0: That's what it should be. And the
1: car wasn't bugged.
0: (laughs) The car wasn't bugged. Right. They got the people from the wire next season three of big (laughs) little lies. McNulty's on the case. Um, So then we get to teach her again. And, yes. uh, he's leading the kids and all of our kids are there kind of sitting all in a row, actually. And, um, he's like, you know, he's saying, Hey, share your feelings. They're having, you know, because he's, I guess the new, he's the new, he said, what did he, didn't he say he was like the new science teacher or something? Or is he a counselor?
1: I think he's their teacher.
0: Okay, because uh, I didn't – yeah, it was kind of counselor
1: I don't know. I didn't catch what type of teacher. I mean, they're in second grade, so. Okay, yeah. Well, my <laughs> son has I don't know. Do they that, have like subjects a, in second grade other than with one teacher, other uh, than like gym and art and music?
0: This does seem to be a rather advanced school that would have the money to hire – more people but it is but a public school still that's because true. they
1: made a point of talking about that last season that
0: is true it is public but still it's it's still I, regardless they're having a feeling circle mm-hmm. um and uh and that's when um one of the twins pops up and says what about a dead father right. and kind of uh brings this up and you had something in here um that they yo you agree with me that there's something to this there's teacher. There's
1: something with this teacher. And I'm wondering if he's undercover FBI Ooh. trying to get in with the kids to see if they have any confessions to make. And um, by the end of the episode, it really seems he definitely got them to talk about some things.
0: Oh, my God. Jenny, I just had an epiphany. Holy cow. A theory is about to drop. Are you oh ready no. for
1: it? It's an Axle okay, theory. Okay,
0: here we go. Give it to me. Are... Is the FBI case connected to the investigation about what happened to Perry because Perry was somehow connected to the scam or what? Yeah, or whatever, whatever. uh, what's-his-name was doing.
1: He had mail fraud, wire Gordon, fraud, yeah. and some other fraud. We only- and really, we never knew what Perry what did, Perry did, yeah. other than that he traveled a lot.
0: So that's what I'm and wondering. And obviously made a lot of money. Is there a bigger... Is there something going on underneath all of this that the women are mistaking for going after them when in actuality, they somehow think maybe Perry's death is connected, like to whatever happened with this fraud. But Ooh, it's just the like theory—some
1: kind of mob thing, or
0: or just rich, a hit. rich guys, you know, protecting their money or protecting their own, and maybe involving Someone their wives. Put John in
1: Wick it. after him. <laughs>
0: It's going to the John Wick hotel, whatever. Did, did, I, I, did they make a spinoff to that, or was that just another movie that looked like? That? I don't, I, I, I don't know. I get John Wick, they,
1: They've had two chapters, and but then the there was like a hotel.
0: Wasn't there like a hotel Artemis or something? Was that Oh, of the I don't John know. Wick I don't universe? know if that had
1: to do with uh, John Wick or well, not. Okay, but we'll talk about that pretty pretty awesome. on the John <laughs> Wick, uh,
0: the John Wick <laughs> podcast coming up next. next We're going Thursday. very
1: <laughs> off topic here. Um,
0: so I do think though that. The kids saying, what about a dead father? And then later on, obviously, we find out that the kids were talking about this to each other and about uh, parentage. It's just interesting to me. And then you have the scene where, um, oh, look, this is the next scene. The teacher talks to Celeste and then Celeste talks to the kids in the car and then she says that, oh, we're a kind of family that should be open and honest. And then the kid says, we're not that kind of family. <laughs> and right. both my wife and I started laughing. It was kind of sad, though. Um, and she says, of course we are. But they're not. They're not. They're not mm-hmm. that kind of family. It's
1: kind of like what Ziggy says to Jane yeah. later, too.
0: It's re- it's really. What did he? What's that?
1: Um, When Jane tells him. About it and uh, she, oh, and she finds out that he knew a year ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, let's continue with the scene by scene. We'll get there in a few.
0: That was, But I think that that's – that was um, – it's important to me because I think it's interesting the way that this is a kind of multi-generational show, right? And we talked about that when we talked about the first season and now with the entry – of Perry's mom played by um, Meryl Streep. Of course, we have like three generations, but it's interesting that the kids, at least in their own, like infantile way are trying to be honest with each other right are trying mm-hmm. to actually exchange the information to each other yeah. about
1: these things yeah and, and yeah. the parents aren't <laughs> no right And um, while well, the women are talking to yeah. each other but they're not talking to the people they need to be talking yeah a whole yeah. lot of things
0: so now we get to a great scene with celeste and mary louise and this is when when she talks about we lost raymond who we later find out was his brother um,
1: well, we assume that it was his brother. It,
0: I think it. I think they.
1: I think it probably yeah. is too, but they don't really say that. Should no, he says. He story? says
0: I had a brother, and I think he says the name.
1: No, he doesn't. He
0: does. Okay, you, I believe you. Um, <laughs> I trust you. I trust your notes, but I think it's safe to say that. That's but I did who initially think about. that maybe okay. Raymond
1: was her husband, and I do that's assume I that Raymond too. is his brother. Yes,
0: we had the same thought then, um, but I think this whole conversation is so interesting because you can even see the way that the conversations between Celeste and Mary Louise are, are kind of like leading up to the great one that we get towards the end of the episode. They're getting like more tense and then um, they have this, uh, then they're interrupted by the kids fighting. And this is when Max says fuck off to her and starts punching her in the stomach in the same way that Perry did, right? That's Mm -hmm. something that I think is important that it, like, and she kind of bowls over in the same way quickly. But then, of course, because it's a child, she reacts and just pushes him and says, you will not, like, be like him, you know? Uh, You will not be like him right in front of Mary Louise. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That was shocking because it answers some of the questions for the first time yeah
1: yeah leading up to that when she was celeste was trying to defend madeline and telling her that madeline's been a good friend to her and been there for the kids and that she had even saved max from drowning and then mary louise seems surprised by that but then turns it right back around on celeste well where were you and then we go into Ah, the boys fighting and it's like
0: Oh, that was, oh my God, Jenny, thanks for pointing that out because that is just shows the attitude, right? Like you can't win with her.
1: No, you can't at all because it's like Madeline is, is her friend and has been there for her through thick and thin and in this craziness and everything else, but had been there for her even before that and has been there for her children and, but not she can't catch a break with Mary Louise. Mary Louise has decided she can't stand Madeline, that Madeline's a bad person, and then she can't even get in edgewise. And then this happens with the boys, and that was crazy. I, I was, yeah, little kid telling his mom to fuck off, man. I, i'd have knocked him on his ass too sorry i mean even not like even if i weren't in an abusive Uh, situation in that that situation i probably would have knocked him on his ass too sorry i
0: i don't i don't uh and i don't think she really she wasn't trying to hurt him she was trying to push him away from her uh she was defending herself really and and um it's never right to hit somebody and the kid was doing it in the same way as the dad, and it harkened yes. back to last season where that was the kid who wasn't that. What that was Max, the yes. one who was doing it, right? Max so, was the
1: one who was abusing Amber, and Bella. we
0: have we don't know we have no indication of what. That's one thing that they now. Had...
1: Josh is the one that stabbed Max in the first episode with the fork, though.
0: They're well, they've got to both have that violence, you know. But yes. you know what? They haven't mentioned that, like. Um, well, well, we did have in the first episode where Renata said, uh, Amabella was bullied last year. Like, so it's not happening anymore. So i like the thing that the thing I don't get is I still say there's an undercurrent here, which is like, um, Celeste is in. Therapy, But uh, the boys don't don't seem to be visiting a therapist regularly after what happened. Nobody. It's still these lies. They're still lying to themselves. They're not taking care of things. And this scene is kind of shows that it's just the undercurrent is still there, even though Perry's gone. That type of behavior still goes on. You know, and even having Mary Louise around, she mm-hmm. tur- she obviously had a hand in making Perry into what he was, and now he's around. She's around the kids, you know. So right, and
1: there's a there's a bit of boys will be boys, and I don't say that to be blasé or oh, of anything course, else. Of course, but yeah. boys are rough and tumble true, a lot of times. True. But I mommy. really think that those kids should be seeing a therapist yes. as well.
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: I mean, because obviously they've seen a lot of things, they've experienced a lot of things, and they need to have an outlet. And while the kids seem to be talking to one another about it, they probably should be talking to someone else who can help them deal with their emotions in a way that they are not lashing out at everyone around them. Because we have the potential of something happening to another child again, besides each other.
0: I totally agree. And I, and I I wonder I just I wonder if there's gonna be an episode where we we we, sh- we get a shot of the therapist sitting there and she's talking, right? And then she kinda of talks a bit and it's more generalized and then the camera turns around and it's like all the women are on the couch with the kids <laughs> you know, like and the husbands are standing behind them. Because that's that would not what not be a very should...
1: good therapy session no, probably not, think.
0: but you know what? You never know. Group therapy can work. Um So we jump over to Bonnie and her mom walking in the woods. We talked a little bit about this. She makes reference to uh, the fact that Bonnie has surrounded herself with people that are not like her, that don't accept her, even though that's not really true. Um, I mean, I think that that's really the mom projecting a little bit because it's obvious that there is definitely a place for a crunchy yoga teacher in this community <laughs> okay so in other ways she's not like them but the mom is and then you know it seems to be that that's a long standing disagreement that they have
1: I think so, too, because, yeah. I mean, I really felt like last season that Bonnie was accepted yeah, in, in the area, in the school, as, as much as anyone else was. Um, exactly. She she fit in because of being the crunchy granola yoga teacher and everything. She had her niche, and she fit into it, and she just, like, went with the flow of things. Yeah. She was happy. She played a uh, role. You, I don't think that um, it was it was a thing that she was a black person in a primarily white neighborhood and i'm sure that she had some feelings that we didn't necessarily or she may have but i think you're right that her mom was definitely projecting on her
0: yeah definitely yeah like those exist of course this is the world but for this individual character what seems to make uh, to, to to be most important to her is her kind of culture or environment is more along the lines of that house and the the yoga you know what i mean holistic all the things that she has um nathan talking about right um, Right. the the way, kind of the, the way that she handled abigail so that seemed very natural so but i did think it was interesting that they brought this up and I do think that it brought up more of Bonnie's past. We don't know a lot about her. She was the one woman we knew least about coming into this season. So I was really happy to find out so much about her. And I was really happy that a lot of this episode focused around her and her mom, which I thought mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Um, and then we uh, we walk to... Um, uh, I, I should say we. After the walk, we go to the dinner with Bonnie and Nathan and uh, Bonnie's parents. And again, I was
1: surprised to see her dad
0: being oh, he's who such he a great appeared actor. to be
1: with her mom because he just looked like a professor or something. Yeah. So it looked in that instance, it looked to me like she grew up similar to how she is now. But obviously, that's not the case. What do you mean? He looked like a. A college professor. Yeah, no, like, I
0: think. Oh, you mean like, like, um, you mean like in, in the same a, kind of like in a, like in like a hoity, college hoity town, like got yeah. a nice
1: house yeah. and a nice like neighborhood.
0: Right. It seemed as if her mom was saying that this this town was very different from the town she grew up in, which I think is possible. It might just be also. Yeah, her dad did give off that vibe, though we don't know much about him. But it's also the casting. That actor always plays like you know a like college professor yeah like a professor he does a lot uh, he's a great actor he was in a lot of hal hartley movies um and he plays more like uh poshy type guys so it gives that i mean we don't know right we just don't know we don't have enough evidence to know yet but i i think the casting was great i think they made a great couple and even just their little interplay man this show is just so spot on People just walk on and they are the character. And I love the little interplay and even the thing of her talking about her mom's drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, I don't go – that That doesn't happen anymore. And then the dad is kind of trying to tell her to quiet down. Uh, but, I mean, I don't think – that the ma I don't think that Bonnie's mother. What's her mother's name? We keep on just saying I, her mother.
1: I have no idea. I was trying to figure. I don't, she, she just, hear I don't out know if they, they said it. The, and I yeah. can't even tell because I had to like oh. go to the more, and there's too many more people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I don't disagree with anything she said. She was right. Bonnie is suffering from PTSD. It was all about the trivia night, and it took an episode and a half, right? Like because Madeline keeps on walking up to her and saying, "Are you okay?" Yes. You know, "Are you okay?" and everyone's like, "Is she okay? Are you okay?" It's like, "No, nobody's okay."
1: So if the actress that I am looking at is the correct one, Talia Toms, okay? Then her mom's name is Dr. Kristen Harris. Dr. But- Kristen
0: Harris. That that's that sounds plausible.
1: I'm not positive if that's her.
0: I don't, I'm trying to see if the father it might said be Sarah. Maybe, maybe I don't nope, know.
1: that's a little girl. Regardless, so, never mind. I'll stop looking at IMDb. Okay. Continue on.
0: <laughs> Rega- regardless, um, I think that she had such good. I mean, the way she delivered it wasn't good, but she had such good things to say.
1: Right. She definitely was starting shit. During dinner, like out of the blue, like just starting a shit sh- storm, like just blah all at once and just taking everybody down and counting names. Um, I think she's right, like you said, but I think that maybe she could have approached it better. But it, it seems like that's probably how she uh, approaches things approaches in general, everything. like a bull in a china <laughs> shop. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Yes, but the one thing she said that I think really did um, hit Bonnie was when – and and we had this scene earlier with Skye when um, she's saying, okay, you might be having problems with your marriage, but it's affecting your kid.
1: Yes, and that's, and that, it, that's, that's very point. true. Yeah,
0: that's an important point. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so now we go to the first of two bombshells that are dropped – Uh, in this, um, in this show. And, uh, we start off with Celeste remembering the conversation with Perry about the child and, um, and, uh, and, and being alone. Um, and, uh, it's really, uh, kind of sadistic. And Mm -hmm. my wife and I are sitting there and like, this is, he like. He couldn't have written out a better, let me find a woman I can totally control because she doesn't have anyone else in her life, (laughs) you know? And it's really a scary kind of scene. But again, paired with that therapy scene, they're still delving into this uh, relationship and these dynamics. And I think they're doing a great job of it.
1: There. I I was. Yeah. Because she asked him in the conversation that she remembers if he had any siblings and that's where he tells her that he had a little brother who passed away when Harry was five. So that little brother had to, I mean what he couldn't have been more than four um, unless he was his twin. Oh,
0: did he kill his brother now? Oh my God. So
1: that's what I'm thinking.
0: Maybe the I, mother I thought, killed him. I he
1: was the one that killed his brother. Maybe his mom killed his brother. Maybe his dad oh, killed his brother. But I immediately went to, did Perry kill his brother?
0: Whoa. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Ay, ay, ay. But yeah, the but whole then, thing But then, you know, creepy.
1: Celeste goes on with, she's an only child. But, well, as far as she knows, she doesn't really know her dad that well. So she might have siblings out there. But then, yeah, he goes into creeper mode. Ooh, if this all works out, I'll have you all to myself. Oh.
0: Yeah, and you bring up a great point, which is this scene reminded you of some of Jane's flashbacks at their dinner.
1: Right, when she was having dinner with uh, Perry before they went to the hotel room. So
0: you wonder if their first sexual encounter was also um, like that, you know? Yeah, just, but
1: she seemed like she was close with her family before she moved to Monterey. So maybe it went differently. And that's why he did what he did. He didn't try to make it a relationship. He just took what he yep, wanted.
0: Exactly. That's who that was sick. Uh, well, the bombshell comes when Celeste comes out of this memory. Thanks, Mary Louise, for getting the boys to bed. And then the, the way they shot this was freaking awesome. Celeste has her back turned, and you just hear Mary Louise's voice and mm-hmm. you just stay on Celeste the entire. And it's like it's a pretty long time until they do a shot at the end, if I'm remembering it correctly, that the boys have she just says it. Oh, you know, the boys said that they have a brother. Nice that you told me that their brothers in their class at school. And then she's just shocked. And then from here on in, the episode obviously changes and everything is about this. Uh, And I just thought that this scene, the the casual way in which she says this, like it was all about her too, right? That she didn't know was just amazing. And I did not see this coming at all. I didn't think this was going to be even part of the season that I just didn't see it coming.
1: Uh, it it was definitely shocking. Perry has another son. He's in their class at school. Like, ugh, what's his name? Like, she just immediately assumes that Celeste knows all about it, and just yep. it, you're you're holding out information from me. And this is my grandchild. And why aren't you telling me? And
0: ugh. and then it leads to Celeste calling Madeline, try to figure out how it happened. Um, that Max and Josh know about their brother. Madeline assumes it was the detective. And that's an interesting point because she says, we told the detective. We're still unsure of what they told the detective, what they did, right? Like,
1: Right, because we haven't seen very yeah. much of their interviews. We've only seen like a couple of little clips that actually had sound.
0: And some of it's surprising to me too. Like I don't know whether – when we saw those clips in the first episode and Madeline is describing – Um, about how Perry was kicking her, was kicking Celeste. Um, It seems to me that they told, maybe the detective isn't, I don't know, I just find it to be like this might be like kind of a Rashomon type thing where what they're remembering is actually, they're so scarred by this that they're kind of misremembering and they actually told more than they did. Because it just seems to me if I was a detective and I knew all this information, I would assume that maybe one of them did push him. Like the guy said at the other male detective said at the end of the episode, right? Like nobody's pressing charge. Like, you know, maybe that's what happened, but what does it matter? Like maybe they're kind of inventing this and the, the detective isn't really after them. But then I think she is. I think she is too. I don't know. I'm just just bringing that up because I thought it was kind of strange. Um, Agreed. So basically what ends up happening is that we find out that it was Chloe, right?
1: Right. Because, well, when Madeline says it, she thinks it's a detective and she swears, Chloe's right behind her and gives her crap for swearing. And – That's when Madeline tells Celeste to find out exactly what the boys know and to call her back. And when she gets off the phone, Ed asks her what's going on. Uh, Madeline mentions that it's just Celeste, stuff with Celeste and the twins. And then Chloe's like, well, did they find out Ziggy's their brother?
0: Yeah, that is great. It's so great. You know what happened immediately when she said that? Is my wife and I were both like, okay, one, we got to be careful of what we say around the kid more. (laughs) And two, he's got (laughs) a little
1: pictures have big ears. Yeah.
0: And on two, he's probably has a completely secret life that we know nothing about. And they talk about things at school (laughs) that we'd be horrified. Um, But this was uh, this was pretty shocking. And it but it does make sense. Right.
1: Right, because it, Madeline's uh, all in. Well, who told you that? And it's like I, I heard you on the phone. Yeah, like
0: it makes total sense. I and like It's not the,
1: like it's not like they had a landline and she picked up the the extra <laughs> phone in the bedroom yeah, like we used to do when we were kids. I know
0: that was, and you have to be really quiet, right? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But it just it was a really inventive but still simple way for the writers to come up with a way for this information to get out. Which is that just as we're seeing these adults again, you know, have their little social circles, the kids have their little social circles too. And now it affects them again. And last year it was who who was bullying who. Now the kids have told information that they wanted to keep secret. And then Ed is pissed off that he didn't find out about it.
1: Well, and what was it took him? He he was like, "What? Are you slow on the uptake, buddy? Your seven year old kid has this figured out just from listening to her mom's end of the conversation, and your husband, and you're just whatever. Your kid's smarter than you are, Ed."
0: (laughs) Poor Ed. Well, and it's not getting any better for Ed. Not getting any better this episode. Um. So now I want to talk about this scene. So Madeline tells Jane. uh, So we have from Celeste to Madeline, Madeline to Jane. And then Jane talks to Ziggy and tells him, yes, that is your dad. And that's so sad. The kid's finding out who his dad is and he's dead. Mm -hmm. You know, under mysterious and bad circumstances, So, so shattering. Mm -hmm. But then he says, did she says, did Chloe tell him anything else? And he says yes, that she told him that he salted you as assault, right right, Jenny, what did you think about this? because I have to say, as a father of a roughly kid the same age i my what I would have said was uh I don't know what she was talking about.
1: I don't know that I would have." Uh- <laughs> I don't know that I would have explained it to her yeah, seven. I think it's too young.
0: I do not think she made the right choice here. I really don't. I think that is way too young to tell you. It's your funny son because as much
1: as yeah. they are all lying to everyone else, Jane tries very hard to yeah. not lie to Ziggy, but and Anymore. she tries to be very honest with him and in a grown up way, but toned down for a second grader so that he can understand it, you know, on simple terms. Now she didn't like, we didn't hear exactly what she said to him. So I'm assuming that she simplified it some, but I think that's rough because
0: I I don't know. I just, I
1: don't, I don't know that it, I don't know. I don't know what I would have done in a similar situation. I, I can't imagine. Um, i'm glad that she didn't lie to him anymore and i'm glad that she told him that yes that was and she was sad to find out that he had known for almost a year and when she asked him why he didn't say anything he told her he figured she would just lie anyway that was sad that was and really maybe that's sad. why she felt like she needed to tell that's him a, you know what that's but, a great
0: point jenny you know what you're right sometimes a kid says something to you and it just hits you you know and you and you're vulnerable and she is in such i don't blame her i'm not saying I don't. I'm not like trying to say, oh, someone who would tell their right. kid that is a bad parent. No, I'm not judging in that sense. But I'm just saying, for me, I think that that does not aid the situation. That th- is not going to aid his understanding no, of himself. No, because
1: he's still going to be in so much yes, turmoil.
0: exactly. It is only hurting things. And also, you that is not even something you're capable of understanding at that age. And I just think it was not the right thing that I would have done, but I wonder if it will have repercussions in the show, right? Uh, like I would
1: it's yeah. a good possibility,
0: but so I wonder if later on she'll regret that or it'll come to question that or, and I just would have at least just taken a little bit of like a break there, you know, like, Hey, I just told you this big thing here. Let's talk about the circumstances next time. You know, right. little kid who has to go to or like maybe second even, grade tomorrow. You know, not
1: not to be mean or condescending or anything, but be like, you know, I can't really explain it to you in terms that you're going to understand right now. And I know that would just frustrate him more. But like, maybe we'll talk about this when you're 12 yes, or something. You know, exactly. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know the best young. way to go about it. But that is rough.
0: We can only do the our best, Jenny. Right. Yep. We can only do our best. Okay. So, um, we had this scene with, with, uh, with Renata and Gordon in the car, but we kind of talked about that stuff. That was a fun scene though. Uh, when she makes him get out of the car, it was kind of scary though. Um, but then
1: I forgot about that. I don't (laughs) think we talked about that part of it, but yeah,
0: yeah, we talked, I mean, it's It's
1: okay. We talked about the rest of it. It's no big.
0: Uh, well now we get to the second big bombshell. Uh, when Madeline and Abigail are in their kitchen, I love the kitchen scenes. And, you know, they're taught because now um, we forgot there was that quick scene when Madeline and Bonnie talk and Bonnie agrees that it would be better to have Abigail go back and live with Madeline again. And I thought that that was an interesting little scene. And they kind of go over again about how Bonnie is upset. But in this scene, they're having their college discussion and Abby lets it slip. You know, you you fuck the the director last year uh, you were fucking the theater director and then uh, about four seconds. It was, this was great acting and direction because you, you want to move the camera, but they didn't. They just let Madeline continue. And if you look, you can see it in Abigail's eyes, right? Yeah. I think like, she
1: even said, Ed really well, quietly, but
0: yeah, but first you just see her see real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And then she says it. So it was like, and they didn't zoom in on her. It was great. And then Ed's there. So obviously he, he runs out. Um, and he says he's going to get his ears, uh, checked. Then we get a quick scene with Celeste telling the twins about their, their dad. Uh, and then she says he was a good person. Let's talk about that a little bit after, but Ed comes back. And, uh, what did you think of Madeline's, um, is it was it really a defense? <laughs> I mean, like she, she. I don't know. What do you I think? think? What she's do you think?
1: Sorry, she got caught.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's what I think too. I think so too. Because um, she's she just has safety
1: and security with Ed, yeah, and it's easy. Um, she's the the alpha.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly.
1: He goes along with whatever she wants to do. He's there's no passion, but. He's solid and dependable.
0: Yeah. And it looks like now, though, if they are going to split up because he says we're done, whether Mm -hmm. or not he follows through with that, I haven't watched any previews. We'll have to see. I would think that Ed is not going to follow through with it. But um, now we do know, unlike last year, where she didn't seem to have her own income, we don't ever really know who has the money in each relation, you know? but it seems like it, it it seems like ed maybe had some money but we know now that she it, has at least a job right she's really right. doing she's real, real estate, estate. and yep. if she's real estate in that area and she's selling any houses she's doing pretty well um so we know that so it is a possibility but i thought this whole conversation was pretty interesting because she says they should go to counseling but it's like You didn't want to go to counseling when the guy died. (laughs) You You didn't want to go to
1: counseling to try and save your passionless marriage before.
0: Exactly. Good point, Jenny. (laughs) Good point. But this was great. And man, I just have to give a shout out to Adam Scott. Um, He was just on the uh, Bill Simmons podcast. And actually, I'm rewatching Veronica Mars. And he pops up as a school teacher in Veronica Mars season one. And he's just such a great actor. He really can do it all. The funny stuff. And this scene was, you see his hand is like shaking as he's talking. And he's just, you can see his whole body is involved in this scene. And, you know, I, you hear me talking on the podcast. It's so important when I was doing acting. I was always obsessed with that, like where my hands were when someone was speaking to me, what I did with them. If I like tapped on something during a scene, or I just think Heath talks about it. The fact that his hand, you can see his hand just shaking and the quiver in his voice. And he, it was, it was really powerful.
1: I have don't recall that I've seen him in anything else, but I thought that he did phenomenally in this scene. And I have liked him more in these two episodes than I really liked him at all last season.
0: Yeah. he's, he's been, He been, seemed a
1: little one-dimensional yes, last season.
0: They've given him more to do. I think they've given him more to do. And I like that we got another quick little scene with him and Nathan wanting to fight. That was kind of dude. Fun. They are cute. always
1: having pissing matches.
0: <laughs> he it was is a joke. definitely was smarter like,
1: than Nathan. Nathan's th- better looking, but Ed's smarter. Yeah.
0: Do you think Nathan was serious or do you think he was joking?
1: I don't know. I kind of take. I think it was take kind of both a little seriously. Yeah, I so know.
0: I couldn't tell, but I, it was that was a funny scene.
1: It um, was.
0: Okay, so we're getting towards the end of the episode. We had the two- We
1: missed something with Bonnie and her mom when her mom walked into the bedroom and put that weird stuff on the nightstand.
0: <sighs> yeah, the voodoo, baby. That's, that's what I thought. That is that what it do. is? Like, oh, I don't yeah. know. The chicken- the, Oh, yeah. When you see chicken bones and feathers- That's what I
1: thought. I, I, I was like, I paused it. To, I was like, what is that?
0: I wonder if she's chicken Creole. Bone, a feather,
1: and a crystal.
0: I wonder if that's- I wonder if they're from New Orleans because that, that seemed a little bit of that old- old uh voodoo magic there i when i when she put takes that out that's what i said my wife was like what is that i was like it's the voodoo
1: that's what i Uh, thought but it's mixed with the crystal
0: so it's kind of like new age voodoo maybe you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you kind of do the chant but you're in like a downward dog when you do it or something or (laughs) i don't know (laughs) but um that was kind and she has that also she touches her arm And she has Mm -hmm. the vision of the waves and the ocean. Did you notice that?
1: Right. Was she – so are you talking about when Bonnie was imagining or or remembering? No,
0: when Bonnie's mother – When her mom
1: was talking about
0: it? No, there's a scene when they're talking and they're talking about something totally different and she just touches her. As she passes her by, they brush – she brushes her arm and there's two or three quick shots of water – and just waves and her mother okay. just like kind of looks shocked and it happens in like two or three seconds.
1: Maybe, maybe it's a witchcraft thing. Obviously. I mean, not like, cause that, that seems more, but I don't know how, I, I don't know all the differences between, you know, witchcraft and
0: voodoo and I don't I mean, know I'm not a, I'm not an expert on that but I've read lots of
1: fiction but fiction yeah. is not reality so
0: whatever it is Jenny it's something um miss, mythical mystical spiritual and it's also something that the next scene that we're getting to is when Bonnie talks to her mom um on the back porch and she returns mm-hmm. to item, those items from the nightstand and she says she won't have any of that in her home and she's not going to talk to her about that again. So, and then she also says, I've been having visions.
1: Well, her mom says that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Right. Her mom says, I'm sorry. Her mom says you are correct in correcting me that she um, has been having visions. So it's, it seems like when we were talking about where Bonnie came from, how she grew up, There is this – she has rejected whatever her mother's spirituality is, right? Yeah. And taken something different. So this is scary to her. This is – or not good to her. She doesn't want this stuff around.
1: Just having said the whole thing about witchcraft and then rereading what I had written about the scene – so her mom has says uh, something about having seen visions lately, like you said, and that she knows that Bonnie has had some too, and they're strong, and that her mom says, I see lots of water. Somebody is drowning. Yeah. Bonnie tells her that she doesn't need her protection, not from evil spirits, not from visions, and her mom asks her what she's done this time, and that, after having had the little discussion mm-hmm. about witchcraft and everything, I'm like wondering if maybe... You know, they are involved in some sort of, you know, have been, she grew up knowing that stuff and she's not necessarily a spell, but she like did a charm or, and I'm, anyone that's listening that like has knowledge of this, I am not trying to like, act like I know something because I clearly do not. (laughs) Yes. No, I I understand. There's something
0: that look, there's something here. But
1: maybe she like did a charm or did some kind of quote unquote spell to like stop you know, do a protection around her. And maybe part of that is why all of this stuff happening to her. Like maybe she thinks that she deserves. Ooh, wow. See, now I'm going into crazy theory.
0: Thoughts. <laughs> no, I like, I think you, I think that that's very interesting, right? Jenny, you're not off base because if she grew up in these beliefs, then an event like this that happened to her has to fit into that framework right that's the story that she tells herself of her life that's the story that her mother tells herself of their existence and their reality so whatever is going on whatever went on with perry and also the way she reacted to it right we had questions about that when we talked about season one right. she ran right down there and put like and her mother says you did something again has Bonnie acted like this before? Is there, Did she leave her home because something happened that is intertwined with this voodoo or, or maybe past violence that she committed or mistakes that she made and this is bringing her back to a place she doesn't want to be that she escaped from? And the parents signal that. And that's even why she was even madder when Nathan called up her mom. You know, it's like the worst possible person to call because you're reminding me of what I escaped from. So yep. it's it's pretty deep. Um, There's
1: that tell-tear heart again.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, we get to see a nice little moment between Bonnie and Nathan. And I like that. And I think maybe she's going to tell him. I don't know. I think she might tell him.
1: I don't know either but Sky was very happy yeah, to see her was parents good. cuddling again.
0: That was good. That was good. And then we end the episode with a kind of a nice little scene of Max and montage. Josh. Yeah, a little montagey there. Max and Josh arriving at Jane's to see Ziggy, Bonnie looking at Sky, then we see Madeline cries, Jane and Celeste having fun, Madeline on the dock looking at the ocean crying over over uh, Eddie boy. And then we hear the song, Ed sang her a trivia night. Mm-hmm. Oh, and as the song played, my wife said, what is that? I said, that's the song he sang a trivia night. Because I remember how there's no way that was his voice singing It that wasn't. Song. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's on the soundtrack and it's exactly like yeah, it was in the show. That, and the song uh, that Nathan sang wasn't him either. No, but Zoe Kravitz's no. song actually was her.
0: Yeah, well, she's got, we know she's got talent, right? They, <laughs> right. Adam Scott could probably sing, but it'd be probably a little funnier. Um, but it, this, the tone is so like, there's no way he could hold that tone. Um, Right.
1: It's an Elvis song, but that was not Elvis singing
0: it. I think, you know, we didn't mention that when we talked about season one, but it's like they had weird rights issues. And I know a lot of Elvis's is, it's like wrapped up in different recordings and stuff, but it's like, they I think they only actually ended up using like one or two actually songs sung by Elvis. In the final episode, I think maybe even only one did we hear him actually Well, that song
1: was him, and I I don't know about any of the rest of them. I only know that one was because I looked it up again last night.
0: Oh, cool. But it was a nice way, right? It was a nice nod to last season and a nice nod to how that trivia night is that telltale heart, right? Like they keep on hearing it and they keep on hearing that maybe that song even – um, is a memory of all these lies that have been told. Wow, what an episode! Definitely, I loved it. Do you have any final thoughts?
1: I just can't believe how much they're packing into these episodes
0: <laughs> yeah they I was really pleased after we come into the first episode, like I started the this show talking about you know we've gotta kind of where are the characters what's going on? How are they going to recover from what happened? Are we going to get right into the detective the way that they've crafted and built this up and the confidence that they have in the, in the story, the characters, the location, and especially that these amazing actresses, uh, after episode two, I have no doubt that episode three is going to kick ass.
1: Oh, I have no doubts either. I, I think that it's going to continue awesomely all season. Uh, but we did definitely get a, a another central mystery. <laughs> we got a few mysteries, just like last season. I mean, what's what's the deal with Bonnie's background? What's the deal with Mary Louise's background? How did Perry's little brother die? Was he the cause of it? Uh, who who was Perry's abuser, or was someone Perry's abuser? Obviously, he was a product of his upbringing in wow. some ways. So there's like a bunch of different little mysteries. But what do you what do you think the the biggest one that we're looking at is
0: the biggest mystery that we're looking at. For me, the biggest mystery at this point is, are they actually being watched by the detective?
1: (laughs) That's been your question all along. Yeah.
0: I'm really, is this total paranoia or are they, because it's, it was in this episode, last episode, it was so, I felt it throughout the whole thing. It was a dread, a doom, Um, And I just, that to me still remains. What the heck is, are they in trouble? Are they not? Are they being paranoid? And as this all unfolds, are these events and these truths kind of, these truth bombs coming out, is that making it worse for them or better? Right. I I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll have to see next episode. (laughs) Yes. You can't have a better ending transition than that. Thank you, Jenny, for your time again this week. You are amazing. Your notes are fantastic. I'm going to put these up on the website. These will be up on Wednesday like this show too. I want to thank everyone for downloading, listening, and subscribing. We've been doing fantastic so far with the downloads and being rated in iTunes, and we appreciate the reviews, but really that, uh, the, the, the iTunes comes from subscriptions. So we've been getting a lot of people listening and we do appreciate it. If you have any thoughts about the show, email us DVR podcast at gmail.com. We appreciate the action on the Facebook page as well. And, uh, be a patron, go to com slash DVR. And also thank you to our amazing, wonderful, amazing sponsor cufflinks.com baby. All right, Jenny, do you want to take us out? you have anything left to say?
1: I don't think I have anything left to say other than it's been great chatting with you again. And I look forward to next week in episode three of Big Little Lies. Check us out at DVRpodcast.com. Peace!